SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Welcome to SV Pod. Stanford Steve is alongside. This is a conversation we've been wanting to have for years, and you're going to enjoy the hell out of it. Jeff Saturday, our colleague, a world champion with the Indianapolis Colts, a 14-year career after going undrafted. Story after story, they're all just phenomenal. And a story you might not have known. You know who was the uh, who was the host on Stanford Steve's recruiting visit down at Chapel Hill? Jeff Saturday. We get to that as well. That's all on the way in just a moment. But first, Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. And action. Jeff Saturday with a smile on his face waiting for the Van Pelt IT department to get things sorted out here. Man, I'm sitting in my wife's truck because the Wi-Fi doesn't work in the house. The keyboard, the keyboard, we got the C and the V won't work. I can't log in. Rockhold sending me links that have lines through them, bro. Like, Jeff, before we get started, like, how did Steve describe a my 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 technical competence and b the week we've been dealing with here? How did he how did he explain that to you? <laughs> he kept wanting to start without you because he said there's no, you know, God only knows when to be able to make this. Happen. And he said he has the technical savvy of a two year old, yeah. so we probably we might never get the hookup, and if we do, something's liable to fail on your end. So well, it may but- just be better to move on and move up, you know. Well, I'll tell you this, my little guy, my youngest guy, he's not two, he's he's well, he's, th- he's three and change, but I think he's if I gave him my device, he could he could have sorted this out <laughs> before I did, man. It's God, it's, it's just such a shame to I mean, like I'm because I used to make fun of my grandpa because he was bald, he couldn't hear, and he couldn't figure out how devices worked. And I am now somebody's peepaw. It's really a shame. <laughs> but all right, listen, all that out of the way, onward we go. Wanna talk Super Bowl this week. Want to talk your memories of the of this game, having lived it, and your story, which I, we've never had a chance to really expand upon. Because I, I just I love stories like yours, where it looks like it might not work, and then it works out the way yours did. And let's just start though with the Super Bowl. You came on Sports Center with us um, earlier this week, and as a, as a guy that was in the middle of an O line for 14 years, you'd know the challenges that the Chiefs are facing. Is this just something, Jeff, that we create a storyline? Well, I don't know. Bucks rush, Chiefs line. Or is this a real thing to keep an eye on that could alter the way this game goes? No, I think ultimately this is – this dictates the Buccaneers' chance of winning this game. And I, and I can't say that more emphatically, right, is mm-hmm. if they can't win – this is a clear win for them. So if they can't dominate on the line of scrimmage – with Barrett and JPP on on the tackles, it's it's going to be a. I mean, it, it it could get ugly in a hurry. And so when I tell you how how emphatic I am about this matchup, um, and, and listen, Andy Reid, being they do a great job being creative in plays, and so I think that's the thing that people really need to watch for because they understand 
and we understand the matchup is not in their favor, right? So what can we do, right? Can we run reverses? Can we run screens? Can we chip with the tight end? Can we bring Kelsey in and make a linebacker adjust? How can we make all of those things happen to take pressure off of these tackles where they can play downhill? And listen, everybody's answer is go run the ball, but we know that's not Andy Reid nor be enemy style. They want to throw it as much as they can, but they are going to have to get that. It's my, in my opinion, they got to get that 20 touch, right? Like get your running backs, receivers, whatever you want to call them, but a run style look a minimum of 20 times so that the Buccaneers defensive line can't pin their ears back. Because I'm telling you, I don't care how good a quarterback is, bro. You start hitting that dude and you start laying – you saw it against the Browns, right? One crazy hit, Mahomes sure. out. You're getting boat raced. So it's a big deal. Does the regular season result matter? No, not even a little bit. Like, like you have – and the reason I would say that is because you, you have two weeks to prepare – which I know people don't think of it this way, but really in the regular season, you have about two days of true install work, right? right so right, right. You know, it's Groundhog Day, bro. Like it's just take, take the decals <laughs> off, who we play in. Like you have, you know, you spend two days and as the season progresses, players, you, you, you know, their, their fine focus diminishes, right? Like, like it's week 12, we know we're making the playoffs. So, so like how, much, how sharp you are, is definitely not going to be the same. So no, that the 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 earlier season game is of no consequence to what's going to happen, other than you have some tape against looks, formations, motions, but that's about it. You you guys might both roll your eyes at me, but I, I look, I didn't play football. Um, I was too skinny. My nickname in high school was Fungo. They'd have broke me in half. Six four one seventy. <laughs> there was no room for me on a football field. So I've always wondered. Maybe even I've believed to a degree something I'm about to ask you. And if I'm wrong, please make fun of me. But what you just said makes me think maybe I'm right. During the regular season, if you're good, you're just going to game plan for who you are, right? We're going to do what we do because this is what we do. And we're not worried whether we play the Bears or the Buccaneers or the Lions or whatever. We got a day and a half to figure out what we're going to do. We're going to be who we are. Is the Super Bowl a game where you game plan more to who they are more than you would in a a regular game? Does that make any sense? Absolutely. It it is 100% true, right? You you start – so what you do in the first week is you are looking at all of their stuff and what type of – what type of changes do you have to make Mm -hmm. to give yourself the best chance to beat this football team? And then the second week is like what you call polish week. So now you're doing it so many times that it becomes that second nature that is like what you're talking about the regular season. So, okay. so you spend that first week of really honing in on, okay, we think when we go in this bunch formation, which means we got trips to one side and, you know, they're going to do this. So what plays can we have and what plays off of those formations are we going to do? We may not have run them much at all in the season, right? Like, maybe five times a whole year, but we're going to have a, we're going to have a package of five of these in this game. So to your point, it is definitely a different makeup. And then that second week, you really polish hard, man, because you steal a day, you know, you get an extra Tuesday. So like you steal days in, in, in preparation for the Super Bowl, And so you really can really change up, uh, you know, kind of what your strengths might be facing this opponent. Jeff, on the other side, I, I think the the unsung hero group 
of the whole playoffs has been the Tampa O-line. Like, they, they started the playoffs, like, giving it to Washington. Like, they used that as fuel. Like, they thought they were going to get – everybody said they were going to get handled, this, that. They got the OG as their coach. You know, you know him very, very well and Mr. Moore. And did, you had Christensen, too, with Peyton, right? Yep, absolutely. And Indy. Like, when you look at those guys and knowing the experience they have, because I think it's it's fascinating, and, and you can almost see it evolutionize with Arians, with Brady, with all these minds that have been around the game for so long. But, like, hey, what are we going to do? Are we going to go Tom's way? Are we going to go Bruce's way? Because, let's face it, everybody, the guys that love Bruce Arians love him because he's got some crazy in him. Like yeah. you saw, you saw it in the second half last week. Like there were some crazy ass play calls, and, and it almost got away from him. Right. You know, so you know, like you know, with, with Mister Moore, like he's seen everything. You know, and then you got you know, the, obviously everybody wants to talk Spags versus Brady, but like with Moore, how do you how do you simplify knowing how complex Spags could be? So here, so here's Tom Moore. I'm gonna give you Tom Moore in one sentence. You can, you can wipe your butt with all the pass routes that we have in our playbook if you can't protect it. <laughs> Bottom line, brother. Like, yeah. old school, you know, you know, and, and listen, with a cigarette dragging out of his bottom <laughs> lip. You know, like, you got to know Tom, right? Like, yeah. Saturday, get up, run. I mean, you know, he, he, he's that guy, right? So, <laughs> so he is that dude who looks at you and goes, bro, you can't protect it. I don't care what you want me to design for you. It means absolute nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I loved playing for him because that's how we fundamentally started every week. And you saw the change after the bye week for mm -hmm. the Buccaneers, right? Is they went like an eight-week span where, they, where Brady got hit like 16 times total in the last eight games. And it's because they morphed what B.A. wants to do and what Tom and, you know, Tom Moore and Tom Brady both want to do, right? Mm -hmm. Which is take those little, you know, take the little five to eight yarders that they go run for 15 and let's build. And then we can take the shot, you know, down the field. And then, you know, B.A. is going to always have little Dickham plays yeah. in, right? Like the little reverse, right? And, and, and I think, listen, I think Leftwich doesn't get enough credit, man. This dude has called some ballsy games. And, and in big moments, he's had no freaking back down, right? Like, when, when they all run off on the sideline and B.A. looks over at Leftwich and goes, hey, man, what are we doing on this fourth and three? Not fourth and one. On this fourth and three on their 50, what do you want to do? And, and Leftwich drops them. Like, I think all of those guys have got into this philosophy of we're going to protect them, but then we're going to take shots. And it has just – it has morphed beautifully, like you said, because these are the greatest minds mm. in, in the NFL, man. I mean, it, it's really – like, you know, Russell Crowe, like a beautiful mind. Like, you got three or four dudes on this staff, like beautiful mind quality coaches. It has been a ton of fun to watch. What's the one story you think Moore and Tom Brady got to when they got together for the first time talking about those old Colts Patriot days? Oh, listen. <laughs> I, no, no coach on that staff has to told Tom Brady what they said about Tom Brady when they were at Colts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can assure you, I can assure you, there's been, there's been 
a very, uh, you know, loose lips sink ships, bro. Ain't one of those cats ever going to tell them what they said about about Tom Brady when he was when he was lacing them up in New England. Because there, I can. There's nothing flattering that was being said. So I, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when they told Tom that he was bringing him over there. You know what I mean? That would have yep. been that would have been a thing of beauty for me, man. Because that cat, he is his old school. He he ain't friends with nobody, bro. He's your best friend until he ain't. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it's just fascinating to me because I, and I'm, I want to go back to your Super Bowl days in a bit here. But like talking to Teddy Bruschi, you know, in the you know when he comes over and he retires and you just talk about it, you sit down and you watch in the game and he, and he would talk about how many times they had to change their hand signals and their band plays because Tom Moore knew them by the by the second series of the first quarter. And now, like you're talking about, these kind of coaching staffs having two weeks to get ready for each other, like it's just. It's. I mean, you talk about ultimate chess match. It's just like you said it. The minds involved here are are, are incredible, and we haven't even really me- mentioned Andy Reid. Oh, listen. One of my favorite from 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 Tom Moore back in the day. You know, and everybody talks about. I don't know what whatever they call it. NFL. You know, stealing signals. What whatever it is. But I can literally remember like my first year in the huddle and looking over at the coach for him to give me a signal of what it was going to be back on the backside. Is it going to be two high safety, single high safety? So I could tell, you know, so you know if they can be, bring a blitz out of it. You know what I mean? So everybody, you're exactly right. These dudes have been around a 100 freaking years, and they know it all, dude. I mean, they know what they're going to get to, what the next one. So they ain't going to be any surprises. They, they, every, everybody knows what everybody wants to get done. And, man, that's the, that's the best part of all. You know what I mean? It's 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 the greatest part. It's the part that when you go on the bus, you have more stories and you laugh more about it because it's 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 how you it's how you played the game. It's the game inside the game, man. I freaking love it. And the other side of the ball with the Chiefs, I mean, it's easy to to fall in love with the the, the eye candy of what they are offensively. And you talk beautiful mind, man. Whether it's Reed, Bienemy, Spagnola, I mean, we could keep going. There's the brain trusts that are involved, respectively, on both sides. The, the quarterbacks, the the old goat, the young goat, all of that. There's I don't know how you could ask for a whole hell of a lot more in terms of a game. And just Jeff, before we pivot into your stories of of your your memories of this game and all that comes with it, is there one is there one specific advantage that you feel like maybe is the difference in this game? It's just it's. It's this position group versus that position group. Is there anything that you think will jump off the screen on Sunday that's a difference maker? I think Kansas City's defensive backfield is probably one of the most under-discussed under and undervalued groups in the league. Uh, you know, because like you said, everybody falls in love with the Kansas City offense and what they can do. But listen, what Spags asked them to do on the back end, whether it's, you know, bringing pressure from the third, from the third level, whether it's, Hey, you gotta, you know, you gotta buck up because we're going to bring inside pressure, whatever that thing is. He has a very similar philosophy to BA on the other side, right? Is no risk it, no biscuit. Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't just sit back and, and let you dictate to him. He brings the freaking noise, man. And, and what I love about that is he's got Matthew back there, who, who, by the way, is an absolute freaking stud. And, and, and again, everybody talked about, you know, Ed Reed and Palomalu, you know, in my generation. This is that type of guy, right, that, that he, can, he can ball hawk you. He can come up and freaking hit you right in the teeth, dude, and talk trash. But he has an attitude, you know, you, 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 I mean, he's got this kind of like, it's just a dickhead, right? When you're on the field, that's, 
you know, pardon my French, but that's kind of what you know, you want that. They're like mm-hmm. that's what on that side, especially at that position where he's going to come up, man, and he's going to lace you up and he don't care. He don't care if it hurts your feelings, your team's feelings. But I think that that group is going to give them if, if they play well against Tampa's receivers and get physical with them and throw off the timing with them and Brady. Again, that will be a matchup that I think jumps off the screen because you you could listen. Mike Evans ain't backing down either. You know nope. what I mean? So, Nope. So you got dudes, you got dudes. And, and, and here's the other thing, because Scott, you just brought it up about coaching. But this is the part that pissed me off about Amendola the other day, talking, you know, just, just like saying that Brady is whatever he is. Let me tell you something, man. Development of players in this league matters. And the three coaches, Spags, Bienemy, Reed, and it's that's just three of ten. These staffs have developed players and team chemistry. And they deserve credit, man, because it does matter. And and, and it jumps off when, when you really watch ball, it jumps off the tape because you see how well oiled these groups are, man. And it's and again, these are dudes. You know, this is these these aren't just good players, these are great players matching up, which is gonna be a freaking ton of fun to watch. Absolutely. And uh we gotta we gotta press rewind a little bit. We gotta go back. We don't get a chance to have super bowlers on here much, so we got you here. I was watching a little bit uh, the last couple nights, the old Super Bowls, but then I had to go back, and I went back and watched your AFC Championship game, one of the all-time comebacks. You score a touchdown. You scored a touchdown (laughs) in an AFC title game. Then you get a pancake on your own nemesis with Vince Wilfork, and you guys go to the bowl, man. You beat Brady. You beat Belichick. You beat Vince, finally. Take me into – the idea of finally that happening and then you turning on a tape realizing, oh, we got the Bears D and this thing is about to get real. We thought we might have been over the hump, but we got a whole new challenge. Take me through that that mindset, Jeff, after being at the climax and then getting ready to play now in the biggest game of your life. Yeah, man. So, so we win that championship game. And, uh, you know, confetti's flying. You know, you're, you, you know, you are celebrating to your point. We had come back and and uh, we walk in that that Monday to watch film and Howard Mudd, God rest his soul, he just passed, but puts on the tape and he said we're going to watch one play. <laughs> he brings up that play of uh, us scoring on the three yard line where I pancake Will for, and and he says you know he he puts the red dot on me and he's like I want you to watch this and he looks over at me like tearing up. He mm. goes best damn block you've ever had in your life, bro. He's wow. like, ever have a better one? That's it, right? This is this is you, you've peaked right here on this play, and and he was, and so he's like, you know, what was your mindset? I was like, dude, I was scared to death, and I was because when they called the play in the huddle and we run up, and I see Will Fork, and he's plussed over in the gap where we're trying to run, which means I got to get my head across, I got to do those things, and to make the block, and and again, it wasn't just me, right? Everybody on the mm-hmm. line. And Lil Judge, Scott, you know, Glenn, Deem, all these dudes blocked. Dallas Clark has a great block. So it's not just one, but me dumping him on his back and doing those things. And he looked at all of us and says, if we play like this, the Bears don't stand a chance. And, and man, I'm telling you, like the confidence in that mm. room through so much. And we, as we were, as we were prepping for, you know, Erlacher and Briggs. And I mean, you know, these, these are, this is, this is one of the best defenses year in and year out in the NFL. And they're a hard nosed defense. And as we're prepping, 
we're going in and we're just gaining confidence by the day, man. And, mm-hmm. and we knew we were like, man, we're not going to be denied. We, like you said, we beat our nemesis. Um, we're not going to be denied from this group. And, and I swear, man, those, those are some of the best weeks of my life. And, and because our team um, as a whole grew so much, but we had, we had one hiccup and, and I may be going long, but this is, this is a great oh, one. No uh, way. Go. <laughs> the, so we were going to cross block a play action pass. It, it was called 218, which is like an outside stretch zone play. And then Peyton like dips his head and backs up and gets away from the line. He's going to throw it deep to Reggie Wayne, right? Like on the backside. So it's a long developing play. So it, it, it's equivalent to a seven step drop. Okay. We, which people talk about now. So we're leading up. We're going to cross block this. And right before uh, this is the second week of, of leading up to it, the tackles are like Saturday, man. Like we're going to give up a sack on this play. Like it's too hard. They're too good up front for us to be able to block down on the three technique as the guard pulls, you know, and the nose guards behind you. There's too big of a space. And, and all of us felt uncomfortable. And um, so I, they were like, man, I just, we don't feel comfortable. And so I go to mud. And, and I'm like, Mud, you know, we want to man block this. We want to straight block it. We don't want to cross block. And he rips me, dude. I mean, he, listen, guys, like mother F's me, like, you know, mother F's me like there's no tomorrow, right? I mean, telling me I'm soft, you know, calling me different names that we can't say on this show. And and he's going, and, and I'm getting pissed, bro. And, and we're all sitting in this, you know, we call it the Howard drill where we're kind of sitting together. I said, look, bro. Don't make me kick your old ass, because I will. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't afraid. I will drop you right here. But, like, like you don't talk to me this way, right? And so he walks off. You know, Jake Scott walked to the whole other field. You know, everybody, you know, everybody's getting anxious. And he comes back five minutes later. He's like the mad scientist, right? His hair is all disheveled. Down he goes, you're right. You're right. Because if we all do it together, we're going to do it right. And on that play, if you guys remember, Reggie Wayne scores a touchdown. I mean, he's so wide open. There ain't there ain't anybody within five yards, dude. But we 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 blocked this play to perfection. Mm. And when I came off, Mud's sitting there with his big old freaking mitt. He's giving me a pound, and he's like, "I love you, man." I was like, "Brother, I love you that you would trust us." But, That's but awesome. That just goes to how much trust was in that team, man. And and man, such a great. I mean, we laughed about that story for 10 years at the reunion just because of how, <laughs> you know, how intense, like, every, you know how you're, like, in a situation where two dudes are now about to get at it and everybody else just, like, looks down or looks away? <laughs> I was about to beat a 70-year-old man with of his life. <laughs> yeah, but 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 our stories don't end with the touchdown in the Super Bowl, you know? Like, yeah. I, think we, I think we can all relate to the two alphas butting heads, but ours don't end with the with what yours did. But but I, I'm I'm truly... I, I'm really, really trying to figure out one thing. The Super Bowl represents the biggest game of your life, the biggest game in American sports. But the Patriots, like, they were, they had to be like a mountain to climb and almost a finish line, Jeff. So, like, how was there a difficulty in even in understanding how big a deal the, the Bears were, not letting the Patriots be a finish line where you allowed yourself to really exhale and be satisfied? Man, I'm, I'm going to tell you. The Patriots win is still the biggest in my career. Really? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I'm bro, like, I love the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong, man. I, you know, I, I, I guess if we had lost it, it would have felt different. <clears throat> but because we did it the way we did it. Right. 
and beat the Patriots and beat, you know, like you said, man, our nemesis, the, the Bears were just a capstone to that, right? Like, I'm telling you, guys, when I tell you we had no doubt we were going to go beat the brakes off the Bears. Like, no doubt. And if, if Dungy doesn't kick it to Hester, play. <laughs> I wanted to get to that. <laughs> don't kick the freaking ball to that guy. But, you know, but but if, if we don't kick it to him, it's a real, you know, it could be a real big, big win. But it was, I'm telling you, man, that the, the beating the Patriots in the championship game in Indianapolis, I watched more grown men cry in the stands of the RCA Dome and, you know, us all out there celebrating because it was like a coming of age, man. You know, our team had progressed year by year and finally, you know, we had done this. And, and, and honestly, from that point on, we really beat them the majority of the time. I mean, it was, Mm -hmm. it was a complete flip of the script, but it was, uh, no man, still, still my favorite game ever goes to that one uh, just because of who it was and the type of talent that they had. The, the things that I've heard, Jeff, about the Super Bowl, and I mean, it's February 4, 2007, you become world champs, and you just explain why the Patriots game represents something more, and I get it, I, 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 and I appreciate it. It makes sense in many ways. But, but you got to cap it off, right? Like, yeah. like the United States beats the, the, the Soviets. They beat the Russians. That didn't win the gold medal. A lot of people don't know. That was a long time ago, but they, they had to beat Finland, right? And I'm not saying the Bears were Finland, but, like, the Patriots were your Russia. You had to beat them. Right. So you got to go cap it off. But I've heard that game described in many ways as a surreal experience of it takes forever for the game to get there. Then you come out and you're you're ready to play, but then it takes forever to get the game going because of the anthem. And then like the expenditure of energy, both the men, both mental and physical, leaves people gassed with half the game to play. And I just do you recall the the game itself feeling as like a total one-off from any other thing you've ever been a part of the way I've heard it described to me? Absolutely. So, so your description, this is what it feels like. So you go, so you go through your typical warm-up process that you do every week, right. That you've done since, you know, you're in youth football and you run into the, to the, to the, the locker room, you know, you have your final, you know, says with your, you know, with your coach, he's going to give you the pregame speech. You're going to do all those things. You jog back out and you've got 20 minutes or 25 minutes to stand on the sideline, bro. And, and listen, it was raining for us. So you're sitting outside in the rain. You have the flyover, the national anthem. You got some other songs going to be sung, some kind of stars are going to, they got, you know, they got all kinds of freaking stages that are built that they got to roll off I mean you know what I mean so so you can't be on the field continuing to warm up you're literally standing there and and to your point the anxiety builds right because you know when when they play that the national anthem man you're, you're, you're like tearing up right because you're you're so emotional and the flyover hits dude and you're freaking jacked but then you got to wait another 10 minutes so so to your point it's it's like rush to get there but wait you know rush wait rush wait and, and to your point about halftime, I had to get an IV at half because I, I had put so much into the first half. I was already – so I'm literally getting a freaking you – know, I'm getting two bags uh, of fluids at halftime because I was so amped up. You know, you're expending so much energy. And for teams that aren't from – you know, we were in Miami. So you got to think we, – we all live in Indianapolis. So 
the temperature is ridiculously warm compared to what we're accustomed to. Mm. Those things play in. And then when you go in at halftime, you hear Prince putting on this freaking rock show. <laughs> what are you about to do, right? Like, like I want to go out and see Prince, you know what I mean? But I'm stuck in, you know, under the freaking stadium. I can hear people jumping up and down and they're beating, you know, and I'm like, God, I bet that thing is unfreaking real, you know? It so was. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just, it's such a different, and, and I tell people, the game doesn't even really start until the second half. And that's just real because it's such a feel-out process. That, that, and again, to your point, you're so jacked and amped and people are like, oh, you got to calm that down. But you ain't built to calm that down, dude. Like, like no. I, I love to say, man, you know, you have to, you, you ain't built like that, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to step on your freaking throat, right, for 60 minutes. Like that, that's how I'm built. So, you know, when I, when my feet hit that dirt and that I feel the grass and I can smell it and, I, and you know, I'm, dude, I'm lathered. Like there ain't no back down at that point. So it's, it's hard to control those emotions, even when people have told you to, you know what I'm saying? No doubt. That's, that's a great way to put it. There ain't no backing that down. <laughs> um, you mentioned the, the weather, it was raining and Scott's a weather guy, but I got to imagine there were some conversations with you and Peyton going in, like when you guys realized it was going to be raining. Because if the world didn't know Jeff Saturday before that game, they were going to know him because they weren't going to bay, they weren't going to blame Peyton Manning for no fumble for <laughs> quarterback center exchanges. They were going to get to know Jeff Saturday's name. What what how how crazy was Peyton about that stuff? Like wet balls in practice, you know, with the hose out there? Bro, so so uh, Frog, Sean Sullivan and T who are our two equipment guys pre-practice, you know, we do quarterback center exchange, right? That's how you start every practice. Yep. So it's, it's 30 degrees or below every day you're getting ready for the Super Bowl, right? So <laughs> we would go out on the turf or we would go to our indoor, but they would open the window. I mean, open the doors, you know, the big garage doors. So it's freaking freezing outside. <laughs> they would have a five gallon bucket full of water that they literally, because he was so anal, Manning was so anal about it, we literally started every day by soaking like five or ten balls in this freezing cold water, and I'm sticking it on my butt, right? And, I mean, you know, I am literally freezing because I'm soaking wet. They would have to bring me <clears throat> completely different pants and unders, you know, because I was so cold after doing the wet ball drill but but to, to your point, Manning was. I mean, I mean, he is such a detailed creature, mm -hmm. and I I can remember telling him when he was like, "Hey, dude, we got to do wet ball drills." I'm like, "Bro, we're playing in Miami. Like, <laughs> like, does it rain in Miami?" He's like, "No, bro, I'm telling you." And, and he was so right, and I was so wrong. But I can't tell you how prepared I felt, mm. I, dude. I never worried a bit about that, whether it was gun him underneath. And Grossman and Crooks had all kinds of yeah. issues, you know what I mean? And, and But it was all predicated on, you know, Manning just being a freaking, you know, a freak about mm -hmm. it, wanting to do it every – but I'm telling you, it was a miserable two weeks of practice because it was cold <laughs> and indy and a wet ball <laughs> on your butt and other areas is not comfortable, I can assure you. <laughs> All right, let's, well, just be, let's just be honest about it. I mean, he'll never hear this. It's kind of a little bit of a pain in the ass to deal with this guy, right? Like, well, like, 
little, a little. <laughs> you better spread those fingers, bro. It's a whole lot more than a little. But he, hey, he's your dude. But he is that is a that is a I like to call him very particular human being. <laughs> uh, you mentioned him, Jeff, and and it's a it's 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 crazy to me to go back and think about that team because there were so many guys that people were rooting for Peyton, Tony Dungy, like. In the in the in the moment, and I, I think I think about Tony like, you know, if there was ever a guy that was going to get you guys ready after the Patriots to play in the Super Bowl, it was him. Even though he didn't have a Super Bowl, um, but the the idea of of what you guys were playing for, well, there's was there anything ever said like, hey, let's go get one for Peyton, let's go get one for Coach, let's go get one for Coach Moore, let's go get one for Mud. Like, was there anything said, like, you know, the confetti's coming down for a second time? Is there anything you remember about that? Bro, so, so what's, what's great about what you just said is we all played for each other. And mm. the great part about that team was the nucleus of guys, right? So Marvin, Reggie, myself, Deem, Tarek, right? Like these are guys we had played together, you know, for five and six years, man. Like we we had all come up from not being able to get it done, losing yeah. in the hearing how Peyton couldn't get it done, even though it had nothing to do with him. And, you know, I mean, it, it was because all the emphasis goes on the quarterback, right? And the coach and everybody blames or, or you know, or subscribes to they, they're the reason or whatever it is. And so – you felt the pressure because every question that ever started was, can Peyton get it done? Can Tony win the big, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. was always, right. He had done so well in Tampa, but never. And, and, and I can just remember being so frustrated mm. that question revolved around taking a shot at guys who couldn't work harder, right. Couldn't yeah. be better at their craft. But everybody always wants to chop on you, man. And it mm-hmm. and it was all, you know, some, you know, it, and it was always the storyline. And so, you know, you kind of felt like after you got it, bro, you just stuck it in their mouth. You're like, just <laughs> shut up, finally. <laughs> <laughs> a sense of relief, you know, as we're all hoisting that thing up, that, that, you know, you were, everybody who was there, bro, deserved it because they had all put the effort in to make it happen, man. And so it could not have been a better feeling because you felt like that for, for for Mathis and for for um for Freeney and for Brackett and you know Bob I mean it was just mm. everybody we all just felt so united it was just incredible it's awesome it is it is awesome that's the perfect <laughs> word and the, and the idea of team uh, I, I I just have two more thoughts um you've been gracious with your time here um for you like it's team but for you guy that's doesn't get picked right. Famously, the story goes with selling electronics, right? You know, try to right. try your got to find a job. All right, I guess I'm not gonna be not gonna be out there blocking dudes. I got to do something. Like in that moment of achievement, can't get higher in your craft than that moment. We beat the nemesis, and I got singled out for a block on a great all-time player, and now here I stand. I'm a world champion. A decade before, man, who the hell knows? Right in that moment of absolute triumph for you personally, what, what do you remember being like the most sort of overriding thought or emotion? Where, where is my bride, bro? Right on. We won. Dude, I'm looking for Karen. 
Uh, you're going to make me emotional on here, dude. I ain't <laughs> that's, that's okay. But, but I'm going to tell you, dude, my wife, she's freaking ride or die, bro. Ride or die. And <laughs> in all that, dude, from college on. And I remember running to find her thinking we did it. Like, like, and, and man, she lived in the highs with me and the lows with me and um, never stopped supporting pushing, encouraging, you know, loving, like you name it, man. She just, um, so I run immediately to there and I'm watching her and she's crying, which is going to make me get teary. You know <laughs> what I mean? And my two oldest kids are there. And, and, um, I just thought to my, and you know, all, all my family, everybody's coming over, but those in particular, I just remember thinking, God, this is so much better than we deserve, right, man? Like, like that, that we're experiencing this. This is just, it is surreal. And, and to celebrate there, um, man, it was just, it was awesome. And, and I give you a great, a great story about how quickly you come back to reality. <laughs> so, so I got my, I got my oldest son, who at the time uh, is, you know, six years old or whatever, five, six, seven, somewhere in that range. And I got him on my shoulders and um, we're walking around and Karen's standing beside me and, and uh, my buddy Chad's got my daughter on his shoulders and we're walking around and, and she's like, uh, uh, Karen's like, baby, can you believe, you know, daddy won the Super Bowl? You know, the confetti's flying, they're catching <laughs> it all. And he goes, dad, dad, guess what? Guess what? I'm like, what, buddy? What? He goes, I got a free Xbox game. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's like, could you believe they gave me a free Xbox? I was like, I have an Xbox, but I guess that's the highlight of where we are at this point in our life. Yeah. So, what do you remember about February 4th, 2007? I won an Xbox. <laughs> dad won, dad won a game or whatever, but I got an Xbox. How many tickets? Uh, do, you, do you remember how many tickets you had to get for that? Like, what's, what's the number? Do you remember? Uh, was, I think it was 15 or 20. It was okay. somewhere. And, um, yeah, we had to, you know, you had to, you had to get them from, you know, all the single guys. You go buy them from, yeah. you know, <laughs> here, get them a little something special, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Do, do you, Jeff, as accomplished as you became wor world champion and, uh, hold on, this is my, this is my guy, Charlie. Charlie, yeah. say hi to Mr. Saturday. Hi. What's up, Charlie? Yeah. Okay. Say bye. I got to keep working. That's Charlie. He's got a shirt on and his pants on, which yeah, isn't always that's the a case. win tonight. Some, he, he will flat out show you his wrench. He doesn't care. Uh, I'm glad he didn't do it. Um, <laughs> speaking of speaking of kids and coming back, uh, the reality of, of our life, but the joy of our life is that right yeah. there. Anyway, um, as accomplished as you become, right, a world champion, all pro, pro bowl, however you want to, you know, define the accomplishment of, of your career. Do you ever outrun or outgrow or become satisfied slash comfortable in your spot that you don't you're still not fueled by the fact that you waited for a call that didn't come like is that even a decade in is that still the fuel in your tank absolutely yeah you, you know you I, I think you I think it becomes part of your DNA right is that that um you know no no you know, no, no one wanted to take a chance on you and I right. think you um I think you become. I have become more appreciative of Nate Hobgood-Chittick, who went to Bill Polian, and that Bill Polian would take the chance on me at that moment 
to, to bring me up. I mean, whether it was for a camp body or whatever it was, um, that people were willing to take a chance, man. And, and Nate Abgachik, who was my roommate, literally, you know, he was like 53 and a half on the roster, right? Like there's only 53. So the guy, you know, no one knew his name. And Pauline has this, quote, open door policy that he would go in there and vouch for me and say, man, I'm telling you, you bring my roommate in. He's better than what you got. And that Pauline would take it. You become appreciative. And, you know, and, and those are God moments, man. Like, like we're in, and, you know, for, for me and my, they just, they just build you because one of my best friends ever was willing to do that and really wanted you to succeed and was willing to put himself out there. Those relationships become so much more um, impressive in your life because you just go, man, it's so much better than I deserve. You know what I mean, guys? Like, so much better than I deserve, bro. I just could not be more appreciative. Well, and I think I think it speaks to in part why a guy like Polian gets to the hall because he he he's not he's not so clever that he thinks he knows everything, right? And if this guy's good enough to be here with us, and he says somebody else is, he knows someone that's good enough. Let's see, and it works out good for both of you. Go ahead, Steve. I just got to say, Jeff, I also got to think when I came to see you guys practice on my recruiting visit, those <laughs> battles you had with that D-line at North Carolina Chapel Hill with Vonnie Holiday and Greg Ellis and Ebenezer Eckerbond, oh. that had to get you pretty ready for the league, man. People are talking about the college football EA sports games coming back. Go back and look at that 97 North Carolina defense and tell me how many 95-rated <laughs> players there are. Bro, you ain't joking. Like, Bonnie and I still talk. He lives down here by me, so he and I still talk quite a oh. bit. And uh, But, but man, Rick Terry, Austin Robbins, like Andre Purvis, these, are, these were all, like, first and second rounders, man. Like, when I tell people, there were, there were three or four dudes my senior year who went in the first round. Mm-hmm. It was all defense. I mean, I mean, like, like all – I mean, it was, to your point, I and mean, Dre Bly's on the back end, but – these were freaking dudes, and and they <laughs> on a board drill every day. And Eddie Williams, some office line coach, go knock him off the board, right? I don't care where he's getting like you get your freaking face in his face, and let's. But those battles that you had, really, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I got to the NFL, I was surprised mm-hmm. because of wh- exactly what you just said. I had played against dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, there was no fear in whatever. I mean, line them up, bro. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> get it. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you something. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't going out unscathed. I can assure. All right, let me close with this and uh, phenomenal stories. I'm so uh, you're. We don't deserve that. You, you, you spent a, a bunch of your time on a on a Wednesday afternoon with us. We're grateful for this. Uh, I just want you to just to, to, I don't know, think about or comment about one thought. That guy you beat, biggest win of your life before the Bears game, that guy you beat, he's playing on Sunday. Can you imagine that? Like, that guy you beat, that was 14 years ago. I'm sorry if I'm cussing and somebody in your house can hear me, but are you kidding me? He's playing on Sunday. How do you make that make sense? Bro, it's just, like you said, it's surreal, right? It's like you, you, you look back and you just – Man, it just again, it's just it is it is an it is an unbelievable thought process of the 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 progress we made, what we did, who we beat, how we beat them, and you look at him 
and he's still fresh as a freaking daisy. And he may have gotten more handsome. Now, there may be work done. I don't know. But he's <laughs> he dialed in and still doing it, which is – listen, and, and I get the whole baby goat nonsense, but, but I've, I've said this out already. Like, either you are the goat or you're not, right? Like, there can't be any midway. And what that dude has done over a 20-year span – is freaking remarkable. And the level he's doing it should tell you all the effort and time he has put in is mind-blowing, dude. It is absolutely mind-blowing. I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's it, it's amazing. I think we, we don't do a great job of just appreciating. I think we do so much we do so yep. much digesting of what it is and what's next and who's now and what's going to be the, the – I just – to me, I just try to be present in my present. I try to enjoy these moments as they pass, as the line on a song goes. And I just, I'll turn on the TV on Sunday, and whatever Mahomes is going to be, he's already a hell of a player now. And whatever Brady's going to be, he's been it for, <laughs> as we just described, he's been at that for a long, long time. Jeff Saturday, man, what, what, a, what a treat to, to visit with you. I hope it was fun to remember uh, some of the moments. And uh, Steve and I really appreciate you sharing them with us. Oh, fellas, I had a blast, man. Thanks so much. Great time today. Y'all have a great one. I have a, a card here in front of me, Steve, with stuff for today. <laughs> Got the EA Sports things coming back. That's people are fired up about it. You know, I'm fired up about it. Who's not? Like, let's go. Uh, we had that craziness in Atlanta with the, the the gal and her husband and LeBron. That got a little spicy mm. on the on, on the real life. Well, I, on the gram and on the gram. Yeah, and. and and, and I had some story time stuff, our trips, like radio back in the day, where we went, this and that and the other thing. Yep. But there's times that you just say, that can wait for another day. And to me, here on Saturday, share those stories, like taking you in the room. Um, there ain't nothing we're adding to that. No, All right? he, I just, I just want to say, like – on my like, I didn't want to get into my story with Jeff, but like, we go way back. Like, he was he hosted me on my recruiting trip at North Carolina, and it was the week after I sat down with Tiger Woods at lunch at Stanford on my first visit. Like, it was that close because I saw how he was. I remember there was a Mike Tyson fight. We went to a North Carolina basketball game with Vince Carter and Antoine Jameson were on the team, and I'm when I tell you like Jeff was like he was like the center he was the center of attention he knew everybody he knew what doors to go into the dean dome where we didn't have to see anybody we he knew the doors to 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 the places we went to after the game that we didn't get bothered by anybody like he was the man i still remember him sitting in the recliner and then everybody just filing in for the tyson fight after uh a man's man and like, I, that's why I said to him in that, like, I remember going to that practice and being like, I, I honestly don't know if I could play at this level, man. The the idea of what they had for talent on that roster, go back and look at it. The only team they couldn't beat was Florida State. Yeah. You know what Florida State was doing back then? Yeah. Winning national championships. Yeah. It's uh, it's awesome. He's a great guy. I, I've, I've wanted to do that with him for a while and just tell that Super Bowl because, like I said, he took us in the room. The idea of beating Brady and then still having to win that Super Bowl. You mentioned the Russians and USA. It's it's awesome. I'm so happy we got to do that. Yeah, man's man is is as fine a compliment as you can pay somebody. Just be 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 uh, be accountable. Be dependable. Uh, be a guy that you can uh, you know that you can turn to. And Saturday's just I don't know. I've always enjoyed him. Uh, I he's a guy that I always think I wish we had him on our on our on Sports Center more. 
Um, mm. But we could never do on sports center what we just did there. Just really Correct. Uh, let it breathe and uh, and and imagine what what it would be like. And again, if you're if you're he gave you the ideas uh, of of what happened. He got came out of Carolina, didn't get picked. He's going to go sell electronics. Mm. And you know he told the story of his roommate. That I'm glad he told it because I mean I've read it that he roommate went to Poland. He's like, look, this guy should come here. 14 years later, you know, all pro, pro bowl, made a bunch of cash, won a ring, this and that. So anyway, there's plenty of other stuff. Uh, it'll live for another day. We'll do Super Bowls. I'll tell you the story one day about being in Tampa, having dinner. At, this, is a, this, is a great, this is a good tease. This is a better tease than the Hard Rock story with a garbage bag. Coming out of a, an ESPN dinner with everybody at ESPN at Burns Steakhouse, legendary joint in Tampa, Driving with Boomer, Boomer going the wrong way down uh, a highway, which he was not overserved. It's just it looked like he was going the right way. He was not. And all right, I'll finish this story because it's worth it. Please. It's Boomer, Tom Jackson in the front, me and Mike Tirico in the back. And it looks like there's two lanes. It looks like we're going down one of the two lanes, only it's a two lane coming this way. And Boomer realizes, oh, shit. We got to get over on the other side of the road. And he goes like across a median, like doesn't miss a beat. And in, in warp speed in my mind, all I'm thinking of is if we get hit by a dump truck, like I'm not making the story. It's no. going to be Berman, Tom Jackson, Mike Tirico, others. Guy <laughs> in traffic accident, Super Bowl week. So what Super Bowl was that? Had to be, had to be Steelers Cardinals. Had to be Steelers Cardinals because I was doing Tariko and Van Pelt. We did the radio show there that oh. week. We had this great dinner at this Burns Steakhouse joint. Did you pick and up the again, tab again? I want. Did this you to pick be up dinner. the tab? No, I was a hundred percent. It was like there were fifty of us. I mean, that oh. was a big number, bro. Oh seven. I wasn't. I wasn't in a position to pick that tab up. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, you to, were still doing radio. I was just happy to get a steak. <laughs> but when I tell you, like, and Boomer, like. He's totally unfazed. Like, yeah, 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 we're going the wrong way. What He's kind like, of car was it? Like a town car, bro. It was like a caddy or something. And he just gives you like a, like, I'm like, we're going over a median. And there's cars whizzing the other way. And I want this to be clear. I'm going to say it two more times. Not in any way overserved or like it was just. I would have gone the exact same way he did because it looked like that. It was this weird coming out of the exit. And like, okay, well, that's where we go. Oh, no, that's not the way we go. And it, in my again, in my mind, I'm just thinking, not going to make the story. I'm absolutely not worthy of being even included in the first, second, or third paragraph if this all goes wrong. But it didn't, and it was fine. Where were you guys headed? I'm back to prepare for the show for the next <laughs> time. Right? A, big, a big one to four or 12 to three or whatever the hell time we had. All right. This, uh, I said the podcast was over and it wasn't, we, we yeah. ended up talking more, but I, anyway, Boomer. thanks to Jeff Saturday, incredible stories. Hey, on the way out, are, are we still uh, going to take Tampa Bay and lose? Yeah. Tampa Bay money line. There you go. Donate. All right. Nothing's going to feel dumber than the fourth quarter when the chief's leading and we're going, well, we did it again. All right. Y'all enjoy the Super Bowl. This was SV Pod. See ya.